from the Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. This week we're sharing a conversation with legendary German director Wim Wenders, who joined us for our preview screening of his new documentary, Pope Francis, A Man of His Word. The film is comprised of several candid interviews in which Pope Francis speaks directly to the viewer, discussing topics including ecology, immigration, consumerism, and social justice. Pope Francis, A Man of His Word is now playing in select theaters. Let's go now to our Q&A with Vim Vendors. Thank you. Welcome, Vim, and congratulations on the film, fresh off of its festival premiere at Cannes. Let's talk about the extraordinary beginning of this film, uh, which began, as I understand it, from a cinephile prefect at the Vatican who contacted you. Is that correct? It is. <laughs> Little did I know. My secretary came with a letter saying, you got mail from the Vatican. <laughs> it was in Italian and I think I understood when I read it that they asked me if I would be open to discuss a project involving Pope Francis, and I went next door to our Italian collaborator, Francesca, and said, is it right what I'm understanding? <laughs> she said, yes. Took a walk around the block. And then eventually went, because I thought this needs to be discussed. What do they have in mind? And, because if they would have liked to make a TV documentary, I, I don't think that would have been down my alley. But actually, everything was open. They just wanted to instigate this and sort of put the seed of a film and other than that, keep out of it. And we made it clear I would have to write this film and f produce and finance it independently and independent distribution, they would completely keep out of it. They would make sure to have pretty privileged access to the Holy Father and the archives, and there was no reason not to say no. It was immense. And only later I got scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were no parameters. They just said, you do the film you want to do. And apart from that, they kept out of it, and that was great, but also scary. Normally, you have some sort of limitations. I wish I'd had some. <laughs> you had about four sit-downs with Pope Francis, is that right, over the course of? Yes, over yeah. the course of two years, we met four afternoons, each time a good two hours, and each time both pretty exhausted after two hours. In Spanish, as you saw, I had to freshen up on my Spanish. I thought it was important that he was comfortable in his own language. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. Yeah. One of the things that, that struck me about the film is, is there's a quote that you say in there is about his spiritual tenderness, uh, as you mentioned in the film. And it just sort of makes me think about who could have known uh, in 2013 um, how important that would be at this moment in, in our culture. And I feel like there's a, a sense of, you know, so rare is it in, in that, that a man would, would rise to 
be a world leader at exactly the moment that the world needs him in a way. Um, when, when looking at how important he is and how important his viewpoints are, was there certain aspects that you definitely wanted to make sure you hit first off and wanted to make sure that, that he spoke on? Well, off the bat, I didn't have so many ideas what sort of film it could be. I, I figured here's a man who talks about all of us getting maybe a little poorer and who lives a life that proves that it's possible. So I figured we should make rather cinema povera, a poor film, not something extravagant, so no 3D. <laughs> anything so actually we decided to make this basically without a budget and uh, and then I figured the choice of name had been so electrifying right the first day when not all of us but a lot of us were watching television and seeing him for the first time and it was announced that he was going to call himself Francis I was wow I that hit me because it meant this man who we're going to see very soon. He was the, it was announced before we laid eyes on him. That man had guts because that name was quite a leg, legacy. And he would have to tackle a few things. That name was such a promise, I figured. So in the film too, I wanted to bring that out. And so that was in my initial concept. And then I thought, well, if I actually will be sitting face to face with a Pope, that is such a privilege, that is exactly what I'd like to share with the audience. So I came up with the concept of shooting this with the Interrotron, Errol Moss, thank you, and uh, explained that to him in the very beginning. He understood it right away. He didn't have me in front, but he had this monitor and he would look at it and see me. His only concern is, what are you going to see? And I showed him my place. It was behind the camera and he realized, oh, he's seeing the same as me. He's seeing me on a monitor and then he understood it. And then from then on, it was really a really one-on-one -on -one, and he didn't see anybody else but me and, and vice versa. And we were, even if we were separated by an electronic device in between, we were face to face and I knew he was looking at all of you at the same time. We'll take some questions from everybody in just a moment, but I wanna first touch on the something that kind of relates a little bit to, to, to that, which is the, the notion that one of the things about him is that he has such an insistent and quiet humanity in the world and, and yet, uh, in 2015 with the encyclical, the climate change encyclical, the Laudato Si', um, it was so big and bombastic in, in its, and, and a bombshell as it's called. Um, and in some ways I sort of almost think of it as almost like a, a papal equivalent of his, um, you know, I'm mad as hell and we're not gonna take it anymore. Um, where he really sort of has, it's a mixture of making sure that this bombshell's out there putting those images on the on the side of uh, St. Peter's and yet also something that is so crucial and insistently dramatic to him that he's got to make sure that he melds those two, right? Yeah. He's, he's a fighter. Mm -hmm. And he, stuck, he did stick to the name of Francis and Francis and Francis was the first ecologist who in a visionary way a long time ago realized that this was getting out of whack our relation to nature. So, And it was stunning how 
how Pope Francis supported that and got behind that. And not just saying things, but really, really supporting that in a in a really big and dramatic way, as you say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If anybody has any questions, just shoot up a hand, and we'll make sure that we repeat the question. Yes, sir. The question is, how uh, did Vim do the interviews with Pope Francis? How were they conducted? And she said they're so coherent. It's true. I didn't want to appear as interviewer neither in, as voice nor in person. So, and I told him that, and so he included the questions in his answers. It was altogether 55 questions. And each time he really answered them quite spontaneously and, and solidly, some shorter, some really at length. And his language he is a little slow in speaking, but it's simple and it's not, it's, there's not an intellectual speaking, but somebody who tries to connect and make sure that everybody knows what he means. And he does speak well. I mean, he's a great communicator. You mentioned earlier that the, the format, your face is sort of on a teleprompter, like a clear teleprompter that he's looking at directly. Is that right, Vim? Yes, exactly. He saw me on that screen, and I saw him on the screen. But other than that, we are face to face. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and what that, that gets is him looking straight into the camera, straight at us, so, yeah. so dramatically. Yeah, and he was fearless in his answers. There was nothing he would evade, and there was no question that he wouldn't answer. Yeah. Next question. There was a couple other hands. I want to make sure we get all in the middle. Was there one in the back? Yes, right there. Yes. The question was that man is not eternal, only God is eternal. Did you get any uh, feedback from the Vatican or any heat from the Vatican in terms of that? No, I think there's other lines that I would have expected to get more heat from. <laughs> what were those? <laughs> well, that God loves everybody alike, no matter what religion, and even if you're an atheist, you can't escape God's love. So, I mean, he says a few things, like his famous line, who am I to judge? to the gay community, he says a few things that I thought the Vatican would be more in arms up against than God is eternal, man isn't. I think they, they agree with that. He's, he's beautifully unafraid of any controversy, isn't he? Yeah, no. He's, he, he never showed any sign of fear. And I saw all these other hundreds and hundreds of hours of material. I didn't shoot all these journeys. You must, you know that, right? I shot these interviews and I shot these scenes, the reenactments with Saint Francis and everything around Assisi. But on these journeys, we didn't go with our little crew. That would have completely blown our budget apart. So there were these two young cameramen who went with him on every journey, and of course there was footage from TV stations from all over the world, and I saw many hundreds of hours of, of meetings of the Pope with all sorts of people, not just heads of state, but prisoners and in hospitals and refugee camps, and of course, a lot of speeches all over the world. I want to call back to something that, that you say in the film, actually, Vin, which is that 
You say, at a certain point, even the truth is an endangered species now, with cynicism, lies, and corruption are the political order of the day. Um, I think it's interesting that, from a certain view of the papacy, you know, sort of within these parameters, it's ironic, ironic that a, a man whose who's job title at certain points uh, required him, or a view of him being infallible with that, with that dogma, is now calling upon, uh, he, he is not that, and he is looking at others' fallacies, and he is calling those out. I wonder how he views that. Is there a, a sense of, it's almost like it's kind of stepped through a funhouse mirror in a way, where he is not that classic idea of what the Pope should be, and he is looking at others and saying, that's not how it should be. We need to get back to a certain root humanity, right? Well, the thing is, I mean, it's today, and some of the things the Pope says today is things we really all took for granted, and but maybe don't anymore. When he talks about every people being equal, everybody being equal, we're all equals, and and there's a fraternity of men, and that is no longer the case. I mean, it's in the Constitution, but our societies, our economies, our politics don't, politics don't take that seriously anymore. There's more and more segregation and more and more people are secluded. And I mean, look at our, and that's what he says, I'm just quoting. I mean, our economies, they're all looking for growth and growth and growth in Russia and China and America and Europe. and. Growing more and more means leaving more and more people behind. And, and the Pope calls attention to injustice that we all know. We all know we don't, are not really preventing inequality. Yeah. So in a way, he's, he just says some very op obvious things, but it's necessary that they're being said today in a landscape when the word doesn't really count that much anymore. And maybe that's a shocking thing. And maybe that makes him such an important figure today because you can't believe his word and he stands for it and he lives what he preaches. Maybe that's the most stunning thing today. Yeah, absolutely. And what he says is so important about, about hunger and about the impoverished and about refugees and about human rights, that for him to be saying that in a way, is, that's a revolutionary tactic in so many ways in today's world, right? Yeah, and he goes to the American Senate and says, hey guys, you're all sons of immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Act like that. Yeah. We have time for a couple of more questions. Yes, questions about input on Final Cut from the Vatican, if they had any. The understanding was that this was going to be the film that I w would want to make, and they wanted to see it, but not to correct it or demand any cuts, and they never did. I did show them a cut in between, or even two, because I just wanted them to be informed. And there was never any remark or any request for any cut or edit or change. Not at all. They kept their word from what they promised in the beginning. Has Pope Francis seen the film? <laughs> you see, the very first time we met, he put his arm on my shoulder and said, I heard a lot about you. but." You must know I haven't seen any of your movies. <laughs> because really, I, I mean, I saw some movies when I was young, but that's a long time ago. I don't see movies, it's not my thing. <laughs> and when the film was in Cannes, I had a little message, happy that 
the film is now out and that you're showing it, but I sh of course I haven't seen it and it's still not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah, right there in the white shirt, yes. The question is, uh, in what direction will the Pope possibly take on the world stage? And then she thanked him for Wings of Desire, of course. Well, talking about Wings of Desire, maybe he is another ex-angel. <laughs> in the tradition of Peter Falk. Um, I don't think he wants to have any other position on the world stage than what he has. And, and maybe even the position he has now, he didn't really ask for it. Just so happened that nobody else is speaking up. There are a few more hands, I want to make sure. It's right there in the corner, yes. How has this profound experience changed your life, Phil? Well, he does get under your skin, I must say. <laughs> and I've been face to face, not only these four encounters, but basically for two years I saw him every day and listened to him every day and all the stuff that's not in the film. I know every word by heart now. And uh, his kindness and his and his courage, it does rub off and the confidence. It, uh, most of all, I think it's his endless optimism. Not that I've, I've ever been a pessimist. I, I am an optimist, but boy, he, he's in a different league. <laughs> and and I think it's astonishing and it's a great example to look at things we can change them yeah it's he's so encouraging and I mean I've I didn't do any previews, I don't do this. So, but every now and then I showed it to a couple of friends because sometimes it's good to just sit there and let somebody else have an impression and talk to you. And I showed it to some tough guys, some hardcore atheists among my friends. They were more moved than anybody else. We were just talking in the hallway about um, that moment when he's talking about the, the way society is now, and it's like, it's like your foot is on the accelerator and it's going, and it doesn't give you any time, and it's not good for your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health. We're in New York, so. That's right. <laughs> we're in the capital so, of that's accelerator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that moment alone is like, I mean, to, to watch him sort of looking at you and speaking like that, it's, um, it's, it's healing. It's, it feels like it's, it's just like a beatification. It's beautiful. It is healing, and. My, my wife quotes him mm -hmm. because I have a tendency to not watch the Sabbath mm. or take time out. <laughs> and my wife keeps saying, didn't you listen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what surprised you the most, Vim, in wrapping up about Pope Francis? What surprised you the most about his journey or about who he is? This unbelievable openness. And that really every person for him is the same. And he, already when he first came into the room where we shot, and we were all nervous as hell, and me included, and I told my crew, so guys and girls, watch out, we, he is not an actor. 
We're not going to do makeup. <laughs> and anything that goes wrong, because of you, we're not going to ask him to do anything again. Whatever he says, we have to get it, and we're not going to interfere, and he's doing this once. So everybody was nervous, but everybody was nervous anyway. Maybe my announcement made them more nervous. <laughs> and then he came in, and he just came in alone, I must say that. We thought he was going to come in with lots of people. He came in alone and looked at it and understood the situation. And then he started to go to the first person, the nearest one. It turned out to be an electrician. And he spoke to each and everybody of the crew. Everybody. And he spent time with everybody and looked them in the eye and exchanged some words. And he didn't make any difference. He didn't produce a director, electrician, for him, it was people. And that comforted us. And all of a sudden, we realized, wait a minute. Everything is cool. Yeah. yeah. He's cool. <laughs> he has such a wonderfully puckish sense of humor, too. It comes through in, in a couple of moments, especially that moment when he's talking about families and mothers-in-law and kids and, of course, the last moments of the film. That's, that's sort of not surprising, I guess, but it must have been something great to be in the presence of. Yes. You see, he has that thing. Not... Many people keep that. Every now and then you see the little boy he used to be, he still has that. Mm -hmm. And every, you see that little smile and you realize, wow, I can now see how he was as a boy. Yeah. And not many people in that age still have that. Mm -hmm. I hope we're going to keep that. Yeah, well, we have this beautiful It's a film. good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing to, to have that little boyish smile sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is a great thing to have this film. Ladies and gentlemen, Vim Vendors, and the movie is Pope Francis, A Man of His Word. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you very much. The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Michael Odemark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org, F-I-L-M-L-A-N-C.org. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. Film lives here.